It has been so long since I have even sat down to record a podcast episode with anyone. If you're hearing this um, either now in June or at a later time, we have been on about, what, three months now, maybe a little bit more, with a pandemic going on worldwide, and there's been such a huge impact with um, how our lives are being um how our lives are going and our businesses are being run and so much and so naturally there was a lot I needed to do to shift and pivot my business as well as my personal life to adjust to what has slowly become everyone's new normal and with that sometimes you know things priorities get shifted a little bit but I absolutely wanted to come back to the podcast because now more than ever, I feel that our emotional wellness is really important to take care of, our mental health. This pandemic has had such a great impact on so many people, if not everyone, and I want to be able to provide resources that not only can people access at a later time when a lot of more more in-person Um, groups and and services resume, but also during this current pandemic where we've got to get creative and do things virtually or um, perhaps continue to do in person, but with a little bit more precautions. And just because we're in that moment right now of a lot of social distancing restrictions and whatnot, I still want people to be able to come here and find something that might resonate with their needs right now. And so I am excited to welcome today's guest. I hope you enjoy. Hello, good morning. Hi there. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I've got my tea and I'm in a comfy spot, so I'm feeling grounded and ready to chat. Good, good. I love that. I, I almost can like visualize you sitting there. <laughs> yeah. And it yeah. feels cozy just hearing you say that. <laughs> if we um, can't be together, it's nice to describe our spaces. Where oh are my you? Gosh, right. I am actually um, sitting in my car, I'll be honest, mm-hmm. in a parking lot. Um, I've got a lot to do this morning, but I um, I try to minimize the noise outside of recording. So in the car, it's pretty good. I've done several recordings in the car. <laughs> Car is a safe space. Yeah. yeah. Make car anything you need it to be. True, true. And I've got my coffee. Um, so, yeah, let's do this. Um, cool. So being that, uh, just for anyone listening, the whole reason I created this podcast was to provide people with resources. And so I like to refer my clients to certain episodes that they can listen to for a service that might resonate with their needs. Um, and so going off of that, I like to ask everyone or every guest that I have on here, what your kind of go-to way to nourish your own mental health, emotional wellness is? What are your some of your favorites? Yeah, gosh, there's so many. Um, I'll try to keep it concise. The main one for me um, for the past couple of years has really simply been to slow down. Um, so any way that I can carve out time in a week when I'm feeling particularly overdone, um, I have an amazing opportunity right now to actually have one day a week I've created in my schedule where I don't schedule anything. Mm. Um, so it's a day to just 
be with myself. Um, I get off screens. I'm not on my phone or on any computers for the day. And I realize that's a little drastic, but it's something that I've needed and has really helped me. And I think um, anything that people can do um, who are interested in that, even if it's just, you know, two or three hours to hold that as really um, sacred time for themselves to unplug, get away from perhaps, you know, just major stimulation, get outside, um, an unplanned chunk of three hours, two hours, even just an hour can be really useful. So I think that that is my, um, my go-to right now. Yeah. I love that. Um, for me, that sounds like it's a lot of intention behind like your use of time mm-hmm. and, um, balance too, you know, which is important. That's a good point because I think it has helped me to be a lot more productive in the rest of the week because I know that I'm going to get that reset time. Mm. Um, So I can kind of power ahead and put more effort into the days where I've I've scheduled myself for working and for organizing and for creating. And then I I know that I'm going to get that time. Um, So yeah, it does help to balance a lot. Yeah, I like that because something I know I've experienced it myself, but I do hear a lot of my clients say really often is like, I I mean, we all hear this. I don't have time or Mm. you start to get kind of frustrated and even resentful at times of, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I have so much to do and I never have time for myself. But if we create that pocket, like you said, it doesn't have to be a full day, but a chunk of time, how, yeah, I mean, looking forward to it, like, I'm going to get to exhale on Friday or um, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. 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 I think that sound you just made like encompasses the entire (laughs) thing because we do need that rest. I think Mm -hmm. so many of us have been taught that go, go, go is the model. And then we wonder why we get burnt out because, you know, every day we're awake and then our bodies need rest at night to sleep in order to catch up. And if we're not allowing ourselves that kind of in our waking hours like restfulness in our waking hours um yeah that cycle can get a little wonky right so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I try to kind of really communicate that to people of how even if your lifestyle and desire is to be go 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 which you know for some people that is that that's what they like yeah but that by creating the pocket of time to pause is going to help them keep doing that like they're yeah if anything it'll make them go faster but you've got to schedule in the time to like pause and exhale and it's a lot of people yeah will fear that oh my gosh I'm wasting time or you know that it's gonna hinder their desire to be very very like in a hustle mode but Mm -hmm. if anything it makes it kind of maintain or if anything like increase Um, but I have a hard time sometimes getting people to view it that way and I know it's there's a lot of factors that go into that but yeah great stuff there um yeah so I want to just kind of start off by asking you well really inviting you and allowing you to just introduce yourself and um you know tell us a little bit about the work that you do sure so my name is Olivia de Jesus and I am a native San Antonian um I am a music teacher by trade I've got a master's in early childhood music education. And um, I taught in schools, international schools in different countries, um, public schools in the U.S., private schools in the U.S. Um, I've taught 
um, parents and children as um, kind of early childhood caregivers wanting to make music and connect with their kids. And then I've taught every grade up until college. So music ed is a realm that I have been in for a long time. And about three years ago, um, I stepped away from that in schools and started studying to be a practitioner in trauma resolution. Mm. So um, it's an interesting (laughs) confluence of things because music and doing music with with kids especially, um, before they start to get inhibited with music, especially singing in the way so many of us adults do, um, there's kind of this pattern that I noticed where the little guys were obviously bright and shiny and ready to go and try anything when it came to music. And as they got older, they started to get shyer and less expressive. And I think a lot of that is, um, you know, actually developing, you know, different sets of boundaries and part of the evolution of growing up. And at the same time, um, I noticed that a lot of my students didn't feel safe enough to sing. Um, even in a, you know, safe space we were trying to create in a classroom. So that really piqued my curiosity. I was in this particular situation, I was at a high school and I was starting, um, a choir program from the ground up Mm. and some of my students would start to sing and express um, in parts of their ranges. Say they were singing high for the first time in front of other people and their eyes would start to tear. Um, Like they were feeling emotion and that happened enough where it piqued my interest in the correlation between um, expressing, especially through the voice and, um, the things that we hold there um, and anything that feels like it might not necessarily be safe enough to come through. So I left that job um, and started kind of researching what can happen here. And uh, it led me to this um, form of trauma resolution that people can go to my website and read more about. I'm not going to name it here, mm-hmm. but um yeah, that led that blew the lid off of my world in such an incredible way because um, I started learning about how trauma is really something that all humans have. And uh, that word, I think, can be kind of stigmatized right now. Um, trauma to me is really just any pattern in the body that has gotten stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had an experience that shook us a bit and maybe a little bit, maybe a lot, it doesn't really matter the size, but the body in its innate wisdom knows how to take care of us in those moments. And sometimes uh, when we get into survival mode, which is what trauma kind of induces, is our body to go into, um, you know, we're not thinking, the body's thinking for us kind of. Um, Sometimes things just get a little sticky. And so I recognized I started to recognize those kind of stuck patterns in myself and I started reading a whole lot about how this is just part of the human experience. You know, I think in my past, I thought that some people had trauma and some people different and did not. And people who had trauma were really, really having a hard time and people who didn't were, there was just kind of like this magical divide and it really, Mm. that's not the case. We all have places where our bodies 
um, have taken care of us at one point in time. And then they need usually a little bit of undoing and unwinding in order to get back to a baseline that feels comfortable and normal. And like we can access all of our points of choice. Um, so that's what I've been doing the last two years is working with people both in the realm of just basic trauma resolution and also co-inciting that with music where especially folks who are interested in getting into the body via the voice um, were able to access maybe some traumatic patterning, patterning that way, but also it's just a way for people to really, really resource, which is a huge part of this work is finding the places where the body is already happy and good and in right. flow. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. I, um, I don't know. So I'm, um, I consider myself like a polyvagal nerd. I, I've yeah. been, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about yes. polyvagal. I oh love it. Oh my God. And so <laughs> that's one of the reasons why one, I eventually wanted to interview you, but just to, I mean, yeah, I want to sum it up. I mean, for those listening, it's like sound, but particularly music too, is, you know, one of the ways that we can, tap into like the nervous system and getting the body back into what you're describing or what I would call safe and social. And that's where you mm -hmm. can start to even, especially like if you're going to combine services that you offer with therapy, I think that's really important because to be able to do the therapy or, or the talk therapy with say myself, you have to get back into that safe zone to start to process material and really look at it in the right. sessions. And, you know, so to be able to access that, um, you know, it's, I think that like even our services together really work well because you can teach them how to access that within themselves. And then when they come to talk therapy, they're in a different state, they can do the work and, and not feel activated in the session. And so, um, absolutely, yeah, you know, it, it's, I, and that's, that's the thing about this podcast. Like I can't do it all. I can't offer it all. <laughs> None um, of us can. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. letting people know that there are these things out there that can work beautifully together. I mean, therapy in and of itself is just not going to give you the entire kind of wellness experience. And so to combine it with something like that you offer. So let me ask you this. Um, so it sounds like you per you just work with the voice. So there's not music in terms of like piano or playing any instruments. Is that correct? Um, not necessarily. So I still, I, I, part of the hats that I wear right now is um, I'm still teaching privately. I have a private studio. So I do um, teach people guitar, piano, voice. We do a little percussion. Um, okay. But I'm starting to kind of, fuse that in but I do find that the voice the voice is our primary instrument no matter who we are it's the first instrument that we have access to we use it our entire lives and it's the embodiment of sound and music and if we can do it with the voice then it usually makes it easier to express it on an external instrument um so to answer your question I do I do a little bit okay. of everything yeah and I guess that can kind of lead into another question that popped up for me. So if someone wanted to, you know, come to you to work with you, do they need to know how to sing or sing well? Or, or you know, can someone come to you that has never even 
had an interest in singing and maybe they feel they're horrible at it, but you know, um, yeah, I, I don't Great know. Great question. Yeah. Oh, it makes perfect sense. And I get that question all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do want to highlight the fact that there's kind of two camps here. So okay. I'm doing, um, the trauma resolution work as its own entity and, uh, there's a tiny bit of sounding that can be brought in as a tool, but overall that space is really just helping people to get into the body um, by any means that their body is comfortable and ready to allow. So sometimes music is like the furthest thing, voice is the furthest thing from what's feeling good. And sometimes people are like, oh yeah, I'm really comfortable sounding. Let's try that. Um, So that's kind of one side of things. And then another version of this trauma resolution is really just diving into um, making music together and then kind of noticing the reactions and the things that pop up. So it's kind of a backdoor way of getting into the trauma resolution. Like, for example, if you were to come into a regular trauma resolution session, we would be accessing, we'd be using speech, we'd be using mm-hmm. story and narrative to access the way the body gets activated. Mm-hmm. And in the other camp, we're using music and singing and voice and movement to access okay. that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it makes, I guess what I'm hearing too is, I, I would assume like based on your initial conversation with someone, knowing kind of where they're at, what their interest is, maybe what mm-hmm. their um experience or exposure to music is and being able to kind of um you know uh, modify to meet their needs so there's yeah, some flexibility absolutely. okay mm-hmm. I think people are curious about the music aspect I think I, I've, I don't think I've ever met anybody who didn't admit that in some capacity they enjoy singing whether they enjoy singing in front of other people that's a totally different story right, right. but I think we all like being in the safe space of the car or yeah. the shower or any place where, you know, you do feel like you can express a little bit more and maybe the music is loud enough that, you know, you feel supported to sing as loud as the radio or whatever. I think most humans um, really find that to be soothing mm-hmm. and a, uh, a really useful form of expression, a really freeing form of expression once the space has been created. Yeah. So um, people do come to me and they're curious about it. I would say the majority of the people I work with right now, we're not going in via music, but we might dabble in it every once in a while in a session. Um, but I do have a couple of clients who were working in that direction right now, and it really is a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and they do tend to be um, more more comfortable with their voices as they come in. But I have seen people find access to voice in these sessions that did absolutely did not feel comfortable to begin with. Um, so yeah, there's lots of different ways in, but I I think the main point is if you're curious about, um, singing, especially even if there's this nagging, no, you're not good. No, this isn't for you. What are you doing? Um, that's actually a perfect combination to come into this kind of work because we're not only going to be working with, the voice, we're also going to be working with the part of you that's like, ah, this isn't good. You know, mm-hmm. this is, this is yeah. going to be freaking me out. Um, yeah. So all of that is welcome. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, also the difference, I guess, right, between performing versus singing. So perhaps Mm. a lot of us, when we hear singing, we think automatically like performing. So singing as in putting on a show or, you know, in a band. Yes. And and that that even clicked for me right now and thinking like, well, wait a minute, that's different. Singing, like you said here just earlier in in, uh, our talk is something that we like our bodies do naturally it's not about mm-hmm. performing it's like you said using the voice um so i think that's probably a really good distinction to make singing versus performing yes. um to, to go into something like this it totally is and i can speak to that briefly i don't like to perform mm-hmm. um i've been a vocalist my entire life and performing is just a place where i don't i don't thrive so many people do it's not my jam I like making music with people rather than for people. Mm, okay. And I really enjoy using music as as a practice, using singing as a practice. Right. Like the way some people will get into their room and meditate or exercise, anything that brings vibrancy and buoyancy to the body, yeah. um, to the body mind. Uh, that's what that's what music does for me. And you'll see kids, you know, like it is a very natural thing because we, you know, we come into this world singing, you know, we're not coming out talking, we're True. coming out making just sound and then non-verbalized sound is what we have access to um, forever. All these verbal cues and physical cues. Um, singing is a really, really amazing way to get back to that kind of first state of, of, corporal innocence Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it can be it can be a really and you're like you said I think we commodify it and turn it into this performing thing and it's like well if you can't do it good then you shouldn't do it at all but that's not what singing was at first it was a way of connecting with ourselves and others and and a way of self-regulating right yeah and, and speaking to what you said about noticing how the more people kind of tap into and and really lean into their voice and seeing that effect it had on them emotionally it makes me think of I mean when with trauma so many of us feel like we've lost our voice or it's been muted Mm. for whatever reason and so even metaphorically right as your voice becomes stronger like literally in the room perhaps you're singing loudly or yes you know that just on a different level you're like oh my gosh I my voice has always been there, but the trauma stuffed it down. Here it is out in the room and heck yeah, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> like when oh that stuff starts to get untapped and like untapped yeah. or uncapped, like tapped into and uncapped. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a, it, you're right. It's, it's a very physical, emotional, um, spiritual. It's like all of the rivers yeah. coming together. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) So being that, I kind of want to ask this question two ways. Uh, If, you know, I don't even want to use the word normal, but if Hmm. services were available to people without restrictions, Mm -hmm. such as that we have now, how can people work with you? But then also being that right now we do have, you know, all of these different restrictions because of the pandemic how are your sessions looking in the current time so are they over zoom like can you still yeah do all these things virtually Mm -hmm. it's a good question um so the trauma resolution work absolutely um that's really been a shocker to me how well 
I can, my clients and I can communicate over, over the internet because so much of it is physical cues and kind of pinging off of each other's nervous systems. And you would think that you would really need to be in the same room in order to do that. But, um, it really works well Yeah, online. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. So I would say the, the trauma resolution work. Yes. The music work is a little trickier. Music online is, I, I, I will be so happy the day they figure this out because there's mm. always a delay. So singing at the same time, vocalizing at the same time, um, can be tricky, but, um, I've figured out some different tricks and tools for, for making it work. Um, I would mm-hmm. say it's not ideal, but it does still, um, it does still work okay. and kind of feed the soul. Um, but as far as in regular time, regular work without restrictions, um, there's a couple different ways I work with people and probably going to keep the online version of things. Cause mm-hmm. I think that's just a direction we're all headed in, but um, I definitely work in person and in-person work is ideal. I also have a, um, a choir, which up until this point has been a women's choir where like you asked before, um, a lot of the women who come into that group are people who love to sing, but have felt shut down. Like their voices have not been as accessible as they would like, or they're trying to heal a rift with themselves and their creativity. Lots of different beautiful reasons why people come into this choir. It's called fire choir. Um, and I have been doing about two of those a year. Um, so once everything opens back up again and that's feeling safe and accessible, that is a really great way for people to come in and also access community because we're all kind of healing together through the voice. Um, so that's a, that's probably the place where I'm mixing the trauma resolution and the voice work the most right, right. is in that setting. Yeah. I just want to make sure that people, um, can kind of visualize how, how would this work? Cause I know right now that's probably a question that, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's kind of trying to figure out. Yeah. And I agree that the, it's been really tricky to do some of the more body-based services that I like to mix in with my sessions it's just not the same mm-hmm. like the meditation they have to play their own music and we're you know I'm not hearing what they're hearing right. and all yeah. these different things it's just not the same um, but I think it is something that is worth continuing to explore on our end because like you said virtual sessions are probably going to stay for a while and they are very easy for people to access mm-hmm. um you know, so like more convenient. So being able to figure out how can I still kind of provide the the full entity of my service online, um, playing with that and seeing Mm -hmm. what can happen there. But I think that's a great, one of the the reasons why I do advocate a lot for clients or just whoever to, to learn these tools so that they can still do them on their own. Um, and so yeah. when you're, you know, working with someone and, and kind of teaching them and showing them different things, do you, do they walk away from that having tools to do on their own? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because as a musician, one of my least favorite things ever growing up mm 
was practicing. <laughs> Nobody ever really taught me how to do it um, in a way that felt nourishing and, and exciting to me. And so I, there's definitely um, a deep toolkit or tool bag um, for both sets of the work that I do. And the cool thing about it, and you're, it's probably similar to the work that you do, it's like if somebody finds one thing that works really well for them, that's already going to start um, working mm -hmm. magic on the nervous system, on their connection to their body. Um, so, and aside from that, um, with the body work, with accessing trauma through the body, less so, more so than maybe through the mind, through, through narrative, through story, um, every single ounce of time that we spend in the body is filling up that well. So it's really just a matter of getting comfortable um, tapping into what it's like to be in sensation, what it's like to be in the body. And sometimes people don't feel mm -hmm. comfortable doing that on their own at first. Um, sometimes that is something that is a space that we have to create together in order for that to feel accessible. And then little by little, they can start taking it out and utilizing it as feels right and feels supportive outside of the room. But um, I really, really encourage anybody um, to, like like you said, you're using body stuff in, in your work as well. Um, anybody who's working toward wellness, um, the body mm -hmm. has to be part of the component. Um, it's so, so, so important because we don't feel safe in our brains. We feel safe in our yep. nervous systems. We feel safe in our bodies. Um, so yeah, it's however, however the tools want to manifest, whether it's outside of the room or inside the room, yeah. it's going to be making yeah, a difference. Yeah, I love that. I know one of the things that polyvagal theory says a lot is that story follows state, <laughs> um, you know, and yes, <laughs> yes. So have you talked uh, about polyvagal the theory yet? No, I feel like we should I, say um, a little yeah, more about so what it is. You might be saying, what the hell are they talking about? Um, I, I talk about exactly. without using like the terms, but as far as the podcast, no, I have mm -hmm. not. Um, there's actually my favorite podcast is it's literally called the polyvagal podcast. And um, the one who like runs it or whatever, um, he's a licensed marriage and family therapist. And oh my God, my dream would be to interview him. Um, but I've learned so much <laughs> from him because he puts it really simply. Um, I, I've read books and things, and, and mm. although I can follow along, I know a lot of people might not want to hear all the technical terms. So if anyone's interested in, sure. in what we're talking about, the Polyvagal podcast is um, just really, really helpful for not just like providers like Olivia and I, but also for, for anyone, I mean, for the community, he's got some chunks on there that are specific to parenting, to teachers. Like he really mixes it up based on what your needs are. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, um, just to kind of briefly touch on that, um, gosh, I don't even know how to condense it. Um, <laughs> but as I looked it up before we got yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, just I really try. in a nutshell, like, <laughs> we've mentioned it. So I, I know the polyvagal theory mm -hmm. is really centered around our automatic nervous system. And so we all have them, you know, we all have this system. And these are things that our bodies are naturally doing without us even realizing. It's very natural. It's very 
automatic. And so essentially we're scan our bodies are scanning for danger cues of danger, cues of safety, and we react, we respond physiologically based on whether we feel it's a danger or safety. And so when Olivia's talking about mm-hmm. you, you know, using some of her modalities to tap into the body, um, you know, and being able to soothe and and basically bring in more cues of safety. So your body can start to regulate and get back into that zone where you feel safe and then able to um, perhaps start working on the narrative that has been built based Mm -hmm. on your trauma. If you're in a state where your body feels threatened for whatever reason, whether it's real or perceived threat, and you start to try to talk about your trauma, it's not going to happen. I mean, I mean, it can, but the you're going to feel activated the entire time. And everything we talk about, right, is going to be yeah. based on this narrative of fear and threat. And um, it's just, my gosh, there's so much to say. But um, do you want to kind of maybe add to that and just your experience? or mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, I think, you know, everything that you said is on point and maybe just ways of detecting when our bodies Mm -hmm. are in that state of threat because it's been normalized for so many of us, you know, again, threat, trauma, they're both stigmatized Mm -hmm. in my mind. (laughs) So threat can just be Mm -hmm. a little extra stress, not sleeping well, depression, anxiety, um, you know, having an addiction that feels like it's a little out of control. Um, Anything like that is usually a cue that um, the body is working a little harder than it needs to and that there can be more safety cues um, kind Mm -hmm. of encouraged. So that's, that's what this work does. And then like you said, um, because people can bring up, topics um in talk therapy and if it does send the body into an immediate state of anxiety there's no blood flow going to the front of the brain anymore all of the blood flow is going to the body in order Mm -hmm. to get us into that Mm -hmm. fight or flight response right so as much as we would like to be able to access the story and rewrite and work through um Mm -hmm. our body is not there so this is really just a way of honoring the body where it's at and being like okay well if body is checked out and needs a little more support we need to meet it there first and then we can approach Mm -hmm. yeah narrative oh my gosh i love it Mm -hmm. and just to i guess (laughs) make clear when we use the words threat or danger it doesn't necessarily mean i think for a lot of us we automatically think you're very you know, like physical danger or someone's going to, you know, harm you, hit you. But this can also mean, correct. I mean, danger slash threat. What we're talking about here is just anything that creates um, like a protective response in the body. So it could be someone, just a word someone says, or it could be a particular song that brings back a bad memory. I mean, it can be really even subtle things. Um, yeah. A stressful commute yeah. to work. Um, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. stuff that we experience yeah. every day. Yeah. So it doesn't day. have to be, I mean, granted, some people are experiencing those more extreme examples, but just to be clear for anyone listening that yeah. it's just, it could be anything. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think of just daily things that activate maybe myself naturally. Um, yeah. Driving. Um, 
driving the alarm yeah, I mean, going off in the morning anything that yeah gets your body kind of either really activated or even shut down so um you mm, know good point let's see yes yeah, st- stress i mean after a certain point you know especially like right now with what's going on a lot of people are coming to me saying they feel really run down really tired um yeah right like oh my gosh rain we are fog, all in it yeah um, just kind of mm-hmm. not checked out but almost so that's a response as well that our bodies are like okay this is too much I need to protect you and so I'm gonna kind of shut down mm-hmm. a little bit yeah you need rest yeah, yeah exactly so, uh, go ahead. um I think that yeah I was just gonna say I think what you just said is is a really good point because our new normal right now is a state of yeah of heightened stress levels for all of us for, you know, whether, whether that's easy to acknowledge, um, or not, because like for me, for example, I've been really privileged and lucky. Like I've been able to take my work into the home. Um, I still have a job, um, like things haven't super changed, but everything around me has changed. And because we're social animals, we're, we're pinging off of each other societally Mm -hmm. all of the time too. So even if you're somebody who feels like you are in a state of relative ease, if you're starting to feel that rundown or anything else, it makes perfect sense because we're in this global space Mm -hmm. of kind of heightened, um, survival arousal, um, and having a means to acknowledge that and normalize that and work through it, um, I think is something, and I don't think I know is something that is going to make your and my work really, really important, um, both now and as we move through this as a global society, because, um, we do need, um, we need those tools. We, we need this, yeah. these spaces. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, yeah. Anything else that you feel is, just really important about your work that you'd like to mention I also or or perhaps you letting us know like what is your favorite part of the work that you do what do you find most enjoyable Mm, gosh (laughs) that's a hard one (laughs) um I do I love how much this work feels like a symbiotic relationship to me um when people come in and their bodies start to find their way back to themselves and to their safety, um, it influences my body to do the same thing. Um, so, and you know, part of the work that I have done, my own personal work has helped me to land in a space where I'm, where I'm able to hold space, um, in such a way where that person can come in and, you know, they can kind of, I'm lending them my nervous system. I'm lending them my energy, um, so that they can start to feel safe. You know, that's what we all do as practitioners. Um, and, but there's something about really getting into the body and watching somebody else have access to the safety that lives in their body that, that strengthens that in me. Um, so, that is just such a gift. I mean, every single person I work with, I feel like they show me parts of myself and help me strengthen parts of myself yeah. that I didn't even know existed sometimes. Um, so there's just a resilience. It's like we're passing yeah. resilience back and forth. Yeah, well, polyvagal says, you know, that our autonomic nervous systems communicate with one another. And so when we're around other people, it's so important. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you might have also heard 
it phrased differently of like, um, you know, energy is contagious or like vibes are contagious. And for mm-hmm. me personally, I think it, that for when I say that it ties to the, the nervous system of like, we're communicating. Yeah. Yeah. To the science like, of it. Kind of mm-hmm. feeding off one another and, um, that, and kind of what you just described. So I love, um, yeah, that's a good point. There's so much that I feel about your work that, oh my gosh, really, really just would uh, be a beautiful combination with therapy. So if anyone is looking, I, I have a lot of clients who will, I, I'm not a trauma therapist. And so when they get to a certain point where mm-hmm. it's evident they've got some deeper kind of trauma work they need to tap into, I usually will refer them to some sort of modality that can complement therapy. Um, And so Mm -hmm. I love that this is just another alternative um, service that they can access because not everyone is interested in some of the things out there. They want something different. I know a lot of the people that come to me are looking for more um, like experiential type services. So I um, am excited to be able to let them know this is another option that they can bring into their wellness journey. And, um, you know, so if I have a client or just anyone in the community who wants to, you know, set up like a consult with you or whatnot, how can people reach you or find you? Sure. The easiest way is to go to my website, which is a very Tejana um, <laughs> website <laughs> by title. Um, so the branch that the brand that I work under okay. is called Musica Entera. So Musica, music with an A, Entera, E-N-T-E-R-A.com. Um, and I don't know if you'll link that, but yeah, that's the website. Um, you can read about di- the different facets of work that I do. Okay. And then there's contact there. So please reach out. I would, and I do do free 20-minute um, okay. phone calls with folks to, to talk about it, to see where they're at, to see how the work could apply to Perfect. them. So, yeah. Yeah, and I'll definitely, um, you know, include your, your website and how people can find you. But um, I feel like there's we could do, like, so many more episodes going into we totally could part two this especially with like what we're talking about here the nervous system but this is just kind of an intro so you guys if there's if you want to know more let either olivia know or myself um, or even look into the the podcast that i mentioned but thank you so much for taking time out of your morning um i i for one am really looking forward to I want to experience your services i have not done that myself but um i would just like to know what it feels Mm. like and um, be able, I always tell my clients, I don't like to recommend something to them that I've never tried or done myself. Um, I just so feel unless it's <laughs> yeah. done by a trusted colleague. So like I, I know and trust right. you, um, but I just want to be able to say like, I'm, I, I've done it too. And here was my experience. So we'll see one day. Um, maybe I'll set that up, but thank you so much. Um, I look forward thank to meeting you talking more or maybe a potential collaboration down the road or when we've talked about that before I would love that Um, but yeah thank you and I hope that um you continue to do well with this season we're in thank you we'll talk soon thank you Olivia awesome bye thanks Katrina bye I hope you enjoyed 
enjoyed my conversation with Olivia de Jesus just as much as I did. If you want to geek out on polyvagal and you're wondering what that was that we were talking about, reach out. This is a big part of the type of therapy that I do. And if you're interested in seeing what that's like or just learning a little bit more about it, I can give you some resources or we can get something scheduled if you're interested in actual therapy um, with myself. And so as well, I'm going to include Olivia's contact information and you can check out her website to see a little bit more about what she offers and how you can get connected. But overall, I hope that everyone is taking care of their mind, their body, and their spirit. And if you need some help and guidance with doing that, I'm here.